You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley. SAB, the CV. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Dan Lebatore Show with the Stugatz Podcast. My book's unwritten, but still it's for sale, cause I closed the deal. I'm getting to it, but so are my friends, we all know how this ends. Staring at the laptop before you, open up a browser window, let your fingers hunt and peck for StuGodsBook.com only. 29 bucks for the hardback So close you can almost taste it Pre-sale for incomplete work Watch the money rolling No one else is gonna profit Only I will rake it in No one else, no one else Could get away with this Click the link now to obtain it Best of luck is you're explaining To your friends why you're purchasing You're all in on the grift Yes, it's my name on the cover That means I get full credit No one knows, no one knows If this thing even comes out Click the link now to obtain it Best of luck is you're explaining To your friends why you're purchasing A book that's still unwritten Somebody writes in, and it's more writing than Stugatz will do on that book. The show promoting a book that might never see the light of day sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. LOL. This is the greatest comedy bit ever written that Stugatz will not write. And it is not a bit. He is running a scam this week on vacation, and he's got all of us on deadline. He's on vacation. I have to have something done by Friday. Mina had to have it done during Super Bowl week. Greg Cody has to have it done on Friday. Doesn't have a back in my day because he has to do it by Friday. Andre Dawson has to have his in by Friday. Stugatz is on vacation. Is there 
Wow, flaccid Mike this morning. Is there any sort of uh, like punishment if you don't write it? Is he threatening you? Absolutely like, not. What if you just don't do it? I'm not like him, and none of the people who he's asked to do this are like him, where we say we're going to do something and then don't do it. He's chosen the people he could best take advantage of. He is a seasoned hunting grifter. A book that's still unwritten. That is pretty smart. He tried to sell one to Lucy at the Super Bowl. Yeah, he like came up to me after we were at like Dominique and Mina's podcast and was like, do you see the website? Are you going to pre-order? No. A book I'm that's your friend. Just give it to me for free. No. There's no such thing as gratis books. You got to pay for those. They're free. There's if no he such, writes one, I'll buy it. There's if he no, actually writes it. There's no such thing as authors who don't write. Don't waste your money, Lucy. But he's got legitimate authors that he's not paying anything. And I have legitimate questions about whether he will write a single word himself. Because I've told you before, and I'm not making this up, when he told me to write the foreword, he spelled it F-O-R-W-A-R-D. And? <laughs> what an idiot. See, Dan, what you don't get is that he's talking about moving forward, and you're thinking about book terms forward, right? No, he's talking about moving forward. That's what you got to get on, his vision of forward for the book. Are you guys offended on my behalf? Yes. Comedically, that he would request that I ask Mike Wilbon, who will not speak to him, to write the forward, and when Mike Wilbon said no, he then asked me to write the forward. Are you not offended on my behalf? I don't know why he asked Wilbon to do it in the first place. That's always your forward. Fame. Because they had beef or something. It's fame. It's fame. <laughs> He's a bigger is name Wilbon than you. Is Wilbon a bigger, Wilbon's is a bigger name is, than you? Know? Is he? Yes. Yes. Is he? Yes. Uh, no, of course he is. Lucy concurs. Yeah, he's a bigger name than you, but I like you. I like you so much more, Dan. I don't know him though, so it's, maybe that's. Not I, even but I think it's. Un, I think it's unquestionable. He's had a daily television. How much is his company valued at? Hmm. Good question. Okay, but that's not. How much is ours, by the way? That's not. Yeah, that's a good question. Another good question. Not the measure of fame. Uh, we weren't talking about a salaried worth, I don't think. We were talking about fame. And he's on daily television with one of the most successful television programs of any kind for 20 straight years in the middle of the worldwide leader. He's one of the few people that they're paying substantively over there as one of their high-powered uh, high salaries. I don't think there's any question that Mike will. And, and he's on all the NBA covers. That's his side gig. Like The, 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 the PTI gig is the thing that he's... Uh, Less interested in. He's always taken more pride in being a part of the NBA coverage. Yeah, he's definitely more famous than yeah, you. Yeah, but net worth, that's all you, baby. Fist me. Mm. Wow. But why, I mean, if we're purely going off fame, like Stugatz could have started a little higher up even than Mike Wilbon, no? Well, but I think he was going for the joke of this person hates me and I want him to write oh, a fair. forward that rips me even more than Dan would rip me. And I don't think anybody's going to rip him more than I'm going to rip him. I mean, that's true. Is your first sentence going to be like, I hate this person? I mean, I don't hate Don't write it for him, Chris. Just, I'm just trying to think of a funny first sentence. Well, but I, I, well, I'm I mean, not very creative. I, I, don't, I don't hate him. None What's of your us... lead going to be? L-E-A-D. <laughs> uh, put it on the poll at Lebitard Show, Juju. Uh, forward of a book, F-O-R-E, or forward of a book, F -O -R -E. Are there more than one leads? Yeah. Yes, L E D E. This is getting confusing. Oh, You're the boy. son of a journalist. I know he doesn't. He, he, he doesn't know anything so. of, about journalism. But on this one, I'm guessing the audience uh, 
Also put this on the poll, Juju, at Lebitard Show. The lead of a story, spell it like lead, or the lead, L-E-D-E, uh, because I don't— There are two leads, by the way. Yes, there are two leads. Thank you, Roy. Look at Roy, joyous. And, and Roy, I don't mean to temper your enthusiasm, but— You are. Well, I'm I'm not. The listeners are writing in a lot. Uh, the Florida Panthers won last night against o- Ottawa in overtime. They're winning every which way. They now do. Are they the best team in the league by points now? Did they pass Boston last night? They're not the best team by points. That'd be Vancouver, but uh, they should. Yeah, they are number one in the Eastern Conference. Okay, so uh, somebody writes in. It's got to be so funny, or it's going to be so funny when the Panthers lose in the playoffs again. I cannot wait for the Panthers to flame out. Again, are those Maple Leaf fans that are saying that or Bruins fans? Why would you root against this hockey team, which was the lovable underdog story that did what very few playoff teams have ever done? In fact, in the first round last year, did something that none of them have ever done. And this year looked to be completely overwhelming better. They are. I would prefer that they would be playing like this uh, at the end of the season. But the only reason they weren't playing like this at the beginning of the season is because they were still hurt from how long that playoff run was. Well, for the first time in my life, I can honestly say that this team is the villain this they people hate this team now which of course now i'm believing just like tom hanks in a league of their own when gina davis came back to catch it the final yeah. game we're gonna win <laughs> we're gonna win they're annoying what an old reference they're it's annoying old. it's 1992 <laughs> that's pretty old 34 years ago i get the reference i'm just saying it felt Roy, a league of their own is older than jessica tony and lucy Yes, is a by a decade, very young, by a generation. We're gonna win. The Panthers are annoying. Yes, they are. They are absolutely annoying. The best part of last night was Brady Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk's brother, fighting Bobrovsky. Well, Bobrovsky. (laughs) No, no, no. It was the other way around. Well, Bobrovsky Bobrovsky going out of net, but like I just always wonder, hockey is such a weird sport. Like after the game, is there any tension between Matthew Kachuk and Bobrovsky after he almost decapitates his brother? No, absolutely not. Like I love it's just a weird sport where like Kachuk's like, yeah, dude, get my brother. No, that that is the sport. Like they're probably gonna go out and get drinks after the game. (laughs) Like Brady's gonna get drinks from his brother after the game. It's weird though. It it is weird. I really do think we should. All sports, that's how we should handle beefs in all sports. Fighting? Yeah. Just let them go. The refs stand until they go to the ground. It doesn't stop. All right. uh, That is where they changed all the rules in the NBA on fighting because it spilled into the stands. And then next thing you know, Steven Jackson was punching the customer. If it stays on the court, of course, Dan. Let's not get ridiculous. Yeah, but you can't contain it to the court. Even in hockey, you see them go over the plexiglass every once in a while or go over Every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> over over the bench area, you see every once in a while, you see, you know, f- f- wasn't there a, f- yeah, there's a famous fight where where a fan ended up in the in the in the bench or penalty box area. Yeah, it was uh, it was Maple Leafs Flyers. It was in Philadelphia. Ty Domi was in the penalty box. The fan fell in. You knew that exact thing off it's the top. A, of your, no, it's, Dan's yeah, like, it's wasn't legit there this famous. one time? And Roy's like, no, it was exactly this date, this year, and this. I didn't give a date though. <laughs> Ty Domi ended up getting a water bottle and squirting him with water, and wow. the guy. Went at them and fell right in. Amin El Hassan will be here momentarily when he's done with Oddball. Uh, but hockey is unlike anything else anywhere in sports, as uh, where 
guys wouldn't speak for years in the other sports if they got into some of the fights they got into in hockey. We didn't talk the other day about what happened this weekend in the Incarnate Ward game, and I'm surprised I'm talking about it. It's only because the video is so flammable, because I remember this video started with, I believe, one of the announcers saying, an Incarnate Ward, uh, or... or it's just words. See, what's wrong with this? This is how beefs are handled. Like a Catholic school. A Catholic school. <laughs> um, that that I that I believe one of these teams. Correct me if I'm wrong. Texas A&M. Uh, community college. No, I, no, commerce. Thank commerce. you. I don't know these teams. Uh, improved to three and eleven on the season. The thing that I know about these teams, and it, clearly their names are not among them. Uh, the things I know about these teams are now just that this video exists. I, I love these type of videos because I love to find where I would be in these videos. You'd be number five. Yeah, there. I'm the guy yes. that's like, guys, come on, yeah. what are you doing here? Like, yes, he didn't mean it. <laughs> he didn't mean it. <laughs> there were bloody faces involved in this fight. Um, that's an interesting haircut by number nine. Can we go back to your pronunciation real quick? Yeah, what of, happened there, of Dan? the team names? Uh, well, I couldn't. I'll tell you what happened there. In that, I saw that incarnate word where my friend Ricky Still Williams a little weird. worked at as a running backs coach. I saw that they had lost the game, and it began, the video began with the announcer saying someone had improved to 3-11, and 11, and I, I got confused. I was reading the wrong side of the scoreboard. And so, yes, uh, so I said Texas A&M Community College when it's Texas A&M Commerce. Yes, that's the name of the city. Yeah, Commerce. And uh, how do you say incarnate word? I, I thought it was like incarnate. Incarnate word, yeah. Not you said ward like Charlie Ward. ward. That's yeah. right. Yes, that is, is true. But did I get ward. both parts of it wrong? Did both get... parts did sound incorrect to me, but I okay. may also be incorrect, Dan. Incarnate is not the way that that's said. I've never, incarnate. I've never like incarnate pronounced word. the second syllable that way. But I don't. I again, I don't. I don't know. I'm from the Midwest, that's so okay. I probably say that's it wrong. all right. All I know is that I've got great video of a fight that we're only talking about because there's great video of a fight, and uh, Chris Cody is advocating for more of that one on one. I think like they do it in hockey until you go to the ground. If more people get involved, they break it up. But if it's like I got beef with you. We just we drop the gloves, we go, and we can settle this. I do, I do think in some sports. I mean, we'd have to really think this out. I don't want to just make a blanket rule in every you, sport. You already, you already made it. Well, and I'm just, I'm, I'm going out there and then I'm walking it back. I'm really like, how can we actually do this here? I well, do think it would work in MMA. I'm a practical person. <laughs> yep. Actually, they love each other after the fights. You got hugging and kissing, and everybody's happy after the fight. Well, that's uh, that's a respect thing where fellow fighters look at others who fight for a living, fight for their money, and there's a, a respect that once you're done with that, both of the fighters know better than anybody how scary and vulnerable all of that is to be in there with just one other person, and you're fighting over who wins gets the money like yeah. that. It's it's so primal that you can't help at the end of the adrenaline of that to be relieved and be like, I'm glad all of this is over. A little I'm bear glad hug. I'm glad yeah. we're not doing any of this let me, anymore. Let me paint a picture for you. Week 12, 4 p.m. games, Rams versus Niners, middle of the third quarter. Oh, bad blood. Trent Williams, Aaron Donald flip off their helmets. Like, all right, they're going, guys. Like, after a play, like, just something. Get out of the way. And it's just, like, I am paying for that fight. Where are they going to go afterwards? Is there a penalty box? Uh, no, they just get kicked off the field. Sit out of, sit out of play. Are, sit out you, of play. are you too old to remember the hysteria in the media after the malice in the palace? Like, I just remember, did Remember, Dan, this is not going into the crowd. This is one-on-one. -on -one. It this starts is... not going into the crowd. 
It begins not going into the crowd. Are you not familiar with how rage works? You can't, you can't turn that off on the on the field. It would be funny to watch Ed Hockley's son try to break up that fight. Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. I probably have thought about the UFC one, to be honest. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball, and more importantly, if you love fun, you got to listen to Six Trophies, where Jason and Shea serve up the biggest moments from all around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter, and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington and Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill You Might Win Some, But You Just Lost One trophy for the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head-scratching moments from all around the NBA. This playoff season, you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Don Lebatard. All the cruise ships go out at like 5 p.m. And like, it's like a parade of cruise ships and they're all blowing the horns like, and there's all these people outside because it's like, like a little foghorn. It really does. It sounds like an old, an old truck. Yeah. I thought it was more like, Mm. Oh my God! That's a good one. That was good. That was I did this on South Beach Sessions with Steven Jackson, uh, and I urge you to check Sean it Hockley. out. It's got a lot of uh, good information in it. But one of the things we did is broke down the video of he's following a mentally ill teammate who's doing what his therapist has suggested he do by laying on a scorer's table and getting away from triggering situations. And then a fan throws a beer from a distance and lands squarely on his face. And Meta World Peace flips out, and Steven Jackson is so crazy loyal that he just follows him into the stands. And the media, that, that story was fascinating for a number of different reasons. Chief among them to me is that immediately after the fight happened, all of the coverage I saw, mostly on ESPN, was pro-player. You cannot throw a beer at a player. And then the next day, someone had made a call overnight I'm assuming whoever was the president before John Skipper, Mark Shapiro, somebody else made a call overnight and then the coverage all changed the next day. And then uh, Stephen Jackson incurred three million dollars worth of penalties that he wants a refund on because he's he's he is pleading his case on South Beach Sessions in a way that was pretty convincing to me. I urge you to check it out if you want to be convinced on what can happen when these fights spill into the stands. I know on the post game show after the game, John Saunders lost his mind. He was pissed at the fans and then flipped the switch the next day. If we're honest, Dan, it was a laser by the fan, like. like it's don't throw stuff, but what a BB by that, that guy. That was a dart. Like right at the, like, what was he, like 17 rows up, right in the face? If he had not been so accurate, right, we that don't have that. fight never escalates. Ron Artest was trying to calm himself down with therapy-aided devices, tools he'd been given. That's the South Beach session I want to see. Wow. Let's get that guy. 
I mean, I want to see yours too with Steven Jackson. I'm just saying, man. Yeah. I, I think you can get that on It Is What It Is. I think he's on with Cameron and Mace uh, this the boys. week. Who are, yeah, they're climbing. Uh, Mace is now going back and forth with Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp is going back and forth with everybody. He is uh, escalating his profile in a pretty substantive way while uh, promising his sister he will not have any more public beef as uh, comedians uh, continue to make fun of him. Beefs pay well. Beefs do pay well. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys as it related uh, to beef and what's been happening here with J.J. Reddick and uh, Austin Rivers and uh, J.J. Reddick went after Doc Rivers. Now, Austin Rivers and Doc Rivers have a strained relationship. So I'm, I'm listening to J.J. Reddick and I hope he can bring this. I don't know if he can. I don't know if there's the space for it. But he he is a transcendent basketball talker. J.J. Redick has a way of getting on first take, and his analysis and information are so thorough, researched, and prepared, and his knowledge of the game is so substantive that um, he can wipe the floor with your points if you are not solid and speaking beyond cliches about your basketball analysis. Now, he is joining Mike Breen and Doris Burke as part of their broadcast, and you don't hear this very often. This is J.J. Redick going after Doc Rivers because Doc Rivers was making a whole bunch of excuses at the All-Star game. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm -hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no. <laughs> there's never accountability with that guy. I mean, legitimately pissed. And you heard the pen thrown. That was a spike. Uh, he was a Clipper while Doc uh, was the coach there, right? So maybe he got thrown under the bus by Doc when he was uh, playing there, right? It does seem that it does feel personal, like. I think as we're about to hear from Austin Rivers, his best seasons were under Doc. Well, but hold on a second. So Patrick Beverly comes back at J.J. Redick uh, by saying, this is wrong to retire and then do this on air when he saved your career. And J.J. Redick's response to saved my career, first he says, Pat, my guy. Uh, my guy. <laughs> you have to throw oh, that no. in there. You have to throw that in there. Pat, my guy, there's, there's a, but that, so that's, there's not menace. That's, that's bringing no. him in close. Yeah, like, that's hey, I like, wanna, like I'm, you're my guy here. I want to tell mm -hmm. you something here. I got news for you. No one's listening, just me and you here. Okay, you say Pat, my guy, as if it's not menacing. It couldn't be more condescending. I mean, because he says, save my career, F-O-H. So it can't be Pat, my guy, f*** out of here. Mark. Oh, you know what it meant. We were just back here. Does Dan know what that it, means? It, it can't <laughs> be, it cannot be. FOH and and then JJ Reddick says as well I had a 4 year contract to be a starter with my option like he gave the contract details same amount of money 4 year starter 4 year contract I was going to be a starter and he's like Doc Rivers did not save my career but here again Austin Rivers who doesn't doesn't have a great relationship with his dad is now coming after JJ Reddick too First off I don't feel responsible to take up for my dad he's a grown man he could do his own thing uh, but in this regard I just simply don't agree with it. Um, for someone who's not accountable, he seems to always be held responsible, considering he's the guy that's always fired when things don't <laughs> go right. He got fired in the bubble uh, for a 3-1 lead versus the Denver Nuggets, which in half his team 
didn't want to be there. They had players saying that their mind wasn't there. They had guys leave. That happened. Then he gets fired for losing to a team that was favored over him, which was the Celtics last year. Um, it seems like he's always responsible. It's just it's strange coming from J.J. And I have some love for J.J. You're my dookie. You know that. You're my bro. I love you. <laughs> um, it's just your best years were with the Clippers. I don't think he saved your career. I appreciate you, Pat. But I don't think it – I mean, I, this just seems a little bit weird. They're, they're three and seven. Dame's missed most of those games. Middleton's missed a lot of those games. They haven't even had their full team yet. We'll see what happens. The pressure is there. They do have to perform. But in terms of accountability, like, what, what are we doing here? Your best years in the NBA were when you played for him in the Clippers. Let's not forget that. And I don't know if there's, like, frustration there or there's tension there between you. I know a lot of times we had to sit you towards the end of the game due to defensive reasons. But you had your best years as a starter there, especially our whole system was drafted around you because you're a shooter. You're not a guy who could put the ball on the floor. You were a strictly shoot guy. You're not like Clay Thompson or Steph who could put the ball on the floor. You were a guy who could catch and shoot. And you did it at a high level. Hell of a career, by the way. Big fan. But your best years were under him. It's just very ironic and kind of weird that you have this energy towards him in terms of him never, ever being accountable, considering he's always been responsible. I mean, just textbook right there. Yeah, I mean, textbook good. in insulting him while complimenting him, insulting him while saying I'm not insulting you while insulting him. I feel like the fact that he didn't have to throw a pen also, like yeah. you have to give him. Now, I've seen the back and forth since this, and I, I truly don't know whose side to take. I'm waiting for Amin to tell me later on. <laughs> but um, I, I think the fact that he delivered it without throwing the pen really is a yeah. notch in his column. Yeah, I, you got Dan, you got to look at where he did it, right? J.J. Redick was on first take. You know you have to elevate for first take. You got Shannon on one side. You got Steven on the other side. You got to be that energy. I don't even know where Austin Rivers did this. Was it on like... The NBA, NBA Today, NBA like their Today. It's daily like show. A, a bit of a more chill atmosphere that he can kind of have more room to roam. But Stephen A, Shannon, you got to bring the energy. But there was great shade in there. Didn't play at the end of games. We Could, had to sit you. Couldn't handle the ball. That's right. We, me and my father, me and my father had to sit you during games when you couldn't be trusted to protect a 3-1 Love lead. you, though. You're a Duke guy. <laughs> yeah, love you, but it doesn't sound like it. You couldn't dribble. Um, it is uh, tremendous. I side with J.J. Reddick, and I do understand the point that Austin Rivers is making when he says, what do you mean accountable? He keeps getting fired. Like, it's the We maximum. do blame him for a but, lot. Yes, but he is so good at charming his way through the excuses on why it's not his fault. Especially this last week or so, he's been cranking out the excuse machine. Oh, but he goes to the All-Star game, and he's like, oh, I, you know, I started three and six. And what does he immediately say? I told him to start me after the All-Star game. It's a tough road trip. It's like, what? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Has he by chance ever uh, sold a book that he hasn't written yet? A book that's still unwritten. Seems like we're making some comparisons here that are bringing me back to that first conversation we had. Austin Rivers works hard. In no way was his career saved by Doc Rivers. Stugatz, I am told. Chris, where are we on this? Tyler, uh, Taylor. That was a crazy thing Taylor just Taylor said. just told me he wants to do weekend observations from Colorado. What? <laughs> and I haven't spoken to him all week. Like, I don't know, man. Folks, listen up. I want to talk to you about PXG and their new Black Ops driver. You no longer have to sacrifice distance for accuracy, for forgiveness. Folks, those days are done. You get both of those things with this new driver because I went to one of their PXG locations and I tested it out myself. And my boy Mike over there, if you're in Fort Lauderdale, you got to go to that location. He took care of me there. It was quick. It was efficient. By the time I got into my car, I had my email where my clubs were going to be sent. Here I have them now. It is a beautiful thing. What an experience. The PXG Black Ops driver is a break 
breakthrough in driver technology. It's complete, total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000. I'm telling you, that is ridiculously high. You got to check it out. The PXG Black Ops driver. You'll be as impressed as I was. Learn more and get free shipping on all the equipment at pxg.com slash Dan. Use code Dan at checkout. That's pxg.com slash Dan. Code Dan for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash Dan. Code Dan. Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. So sound up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who downloaded the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses and then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code DLS. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus, 21 plus in certain states. To open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit. Up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus release in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. Don Lebatard. I read his lips and it sounded like he was saying, what, you want to f- fight me now? Spo- but, but I'm telling you, if you look, we can play a game right now. The lips look the same on fight you and failure. Watch my lips. I'm going to turn off my mic. No, I just look at one of these two. And I want you guys to tell me if I'm saying fight you or failure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Stugats. Why are your ideas always so bad for the podcast? Big swings, Is this a character that you have now? Here we go. Do it again. No. Fight you. Fight that you. Was fine. Right, yeah. Maybe you can yeah. tell. Oh yeah. my God! We got to the bottom of it! <laughs> this is the Dan Lebatar Show with the Stugats. Every day, very early in the morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, David Sampson, who has not slept, covers more terrain on nothing personal in 50 minutes than I believe. Any individual host doing sports radio or podcast at the moment by themselves. More ground is covered by one person than anywhere I have heard in sports and a lot of stuff off the beaten path. So I urge you to listen to Nothing Personal. It is award winning for a reason. Uh, David Sampson has been very public and loud about his hate for Scott Boris, the super agent, uh, because of how fraudulent he was after the death of Jose Fernandez, milking the pieces of it that he can use for his own gain to look good and then abandoning the family thereafter. Scott Boris has made himself very wealthy, changing the entire finances of baseball in a way that enrages David Sampson. Now, this year, I don't know what's happening with the free agents. There are four Boris free agents who are unsigned. Can you explain to me what's happening, David, and welcome with baseball's free agency? Well, I can explain what I hope is happening, which is finally, after all these years, Boris and his clients are about to get royally screwed. That is the hope. That is what we hope every year until one owner breaks rank. And I'm not talking collusion. I'm just saying one owner ends up being the one who bails out Boris. But now I think this could be the year that he's gone too far 
We're here on February 21st. He's got Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, and the fourth player, uh, whose name is escaping okay. me right now. It's all right. Now. That's allowed. Oh, my God. It's okay. That's all right. No sleep. Snell, I was going to text you this morning at 1.30 when Snell I was watching had, the Snell was goals. great, but you'd be really offended if he got one of those 250. He was great last year. I can't believe that San Diego wasted that season from Snell. Well, he did win the Cy Young. That is true. But he's a five-and-dive guy. He's not someone you give $200 million to. Bellinger is the fourth. And the way Boris works is he promises his players an amount of money. And then if it doesn't come, he says, don't worry, it will. And it happened with Juan Soto. The Nationals offered him $440 million. He said, no, thanks. I'm going to wait and see. Now Juan Soto will not get $440 million from anybody He's now on the Yankees after a failed time with the Padres. And so what we're watching for now as the regular season starts a month from yesterday, am I going to South Korea as part of Metal Arc in uh, March? First I'm hearing of this. I, this is yeah. the first request. I don't think we're sending you to South Korea. No. So no, you are not. The Dodgers open the season against the Padres. It's Otani in theory ready to be the DH at for $700 million over 20 years. That's quite an expensive DH. And so the season starts in a month and these players don't have a place to play. What Boris is doing to try to keep this scheme going is he actually has a spring training facility where his players do spring training, those who are unsigned. So Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell will throw bullpens and get their arms stretched out and Bellinger and Chapman will get at bats. And the hope is that some team will come forward and give the long-term deal. My hope is that all four of them get the Carlos Correa, Boris, pillow deal of a one plus one, where you get one guaranteed year and then an opt-out and a an team option for a second year. Then Boris will take the podium and he will say, this is exactly what we wanted. We wanted Blake Snell to make 40 million a year for two years. And he's totally lying because of course that's not what Snell wants. He wanted the 200 million. So the question you're asking is great. Is this finally the year where no one bails out Boris? And that is certainly the hope in the industry. Explain what you're doing there when you say an owner breaks ranks, but it's not collusion. Because an owner breaking ranks would be only breaking ranks if there is collusion. So what, what you need for collusion is an actual act. You need there to be a meeting or some sort of communication. Do not sign Scott Boris clients. And if you do, you will get in trouble. That is not what actually happens. And we can go back to when collusion did happen in Major League Baseball, where there were, there was a settlement, there wasn't necessarily an admission, and that was before my time. The way, the meaning of breaking rank is that all of the side sort of talks that happen from ownership down to presidents, down to GMs, down to people in scouting and player development, where you talk about the value of players and you say, hey, are you looking for a Bellinger type player because we've got someone, do you wanna talk about a trade or are you gonna to look to sign other types of players? But there's nothing officially that comes down from the mountain. So there is no collusion. What breaking ranks means is that all the owners are very aware that Boris has four clients out there and they are individually deciding not to be the one to sign him. It happened with Barry Bonds. Everyone decided they were not going to have him inside an organization until 
Jeffrey Loria broke ranks and made him the hitting coach of the Marlins. And it wasn't that we were told by Bud Selig, you may not hire Barry Bonds. We don't want him in the sport. It was just one of those things that was understood. Dave, when you're talking about those caliber of players, and obviously we're getting close to the season starting, and they go unsigned, like what what happens? Do they just be like they're free agents and nobody signs them and they're they're excellent players just sitting on the bench? They're free agents. They can come on the show. They, they're not busy at 7.05 every night. It's not going to happen. Those four players will find a home. The, the class of players that are really struggling right now are the middle class, which has been squozen in a way that reflects society, where they're not finding the deals. And so players like a Lucas Giolito found a middle class deal or a Lance Lynn. But many of the players you just stop talking about. They sort of disappear from the league. One of the things that we used to do with the Marlins is we keep a list of all of the players who disappeared and we would say, hey, do we want that guy? Because we could probably get him close to the minimum. And then you've got some of them who say they, they would do a spree well. I wish Amin were there because when I say that, uh, that, that, that totally falls flat, doesn't it? Amin, Dan, will, do Amin, what- Amin will be here in 25 minutes. Okay. So there was a player in the NBA who said, I don't get off my couch for blank money. It was a player named Latrell Sprewell, and it was an absurd amount of money. And then he followed it up by saying, I've got to feed my family, you know. And it didn't land exactly well. And this was post PJ Carlissimo, another reference that probably is not landing he choked, right he now. He choked his coach. He actually choked his coach. Why that doesn't get more attention is it got beyond pl- me. It got plenty of attention. David, it got plenty. But plen- it's forgotten about. D- David, Your whole room doesn't know Dave, about it. David. Uh, we, we all knew about David, it. We, we know just about it. If I'm you. doing word association with the audience and I say Latrell Sprewell, multi-time all-star or choked his coach, everyone is saying choked his coach. Oh, I think spinning wheels. <laughs> That's a great poll question, except it's leading. If you just did word association, Latrell Sprewell blank, what would win the poll for filling in Choke the blank? His coach. Choke no, for- I don't think that wins. David, are you crazy? David, are you for- David? You can't be this forgetful. The, an NBA I'm about younger people. I don't forget. An NBA player choked his coach, and I think that's what the name Latrell Sprewell is associated with, even though he was a very good basketball player. So I believe it would be not above 50% of respondents would come up with that on their own. If you presented it as an option, I think more than 50 would choose it. But if you left it, Blake, I'm not sure they actually would. Juju, put it on the poll, please. Latrell Sprewell, and just put uh, either multi-time all-star or choked his coach. No, no, you can't do it that way. (laughs) Rims in there, too. And rims also. Put in rims (laughs) as well. What, What do you want? How do you want to do it? It's just word association. When I say Latrell Sprewell, you say blank. All right. That's Comment below. All right. So fill in the blank. Okay. Good engagement. Yes. It's fine. Lots of replies. He's changing the way that we do this. Um, Can you – I've got a number of different questions, so we'll bring you back for another segment. But uh, tell me if I have the legacy of Rob Manfred correct because it's a bit bit convoluted for me. And this is how I would describe Rob Manfred's legacy. Was bad for baseball, but made baseball a lot of money and therefore is good for baseball and then fixed baseball. (laughs) Well, you just dropped an and fixed baseball as though that's a small thing. The rule changes from last year are likely going to be his greatest legacy, though he has five years left. And I've got a little nugget for you all today. 
that announcement that he was retiring in 2029, that's five years from now. There can be a lot that can happen in the next five years where he doesn't leave after five years. The owners may ask him to stay for longer. He may want to stay for shorter. That was just sort of a strange thing. Normally, you don't announce, hey, I'm gone in five years. So I would say that it's not time to write his legacy yet. But I know that you've got a thing with Rob because of Miami, and I get that. And from an ownership standpoint, he's done a lot right for them, though the Orioles sale is not among them. But the most important thing that he has to deal with is the upcoming uniform issue. <laughs> no, it's not. The most important thing is collective bargaining. Owners don't care about the uniforms. They don't care about Boris. They just care about collective bargaining. I'm not going to be deposed. He was so pissed. Do people was, know about that interview in your room? Uh, I don't know how many of them know that me and Rob Manfred got into it. Tony, Lucy, Jessica. I love that Bimmel's calling me right now. I love it, Dan. Uh, yeah. What'd you say, Dave? <laughs> What'd you do? Did you do something wrong? Uh, the COO's coming after you? I'm live on Dan's show, so I'm not going to take your call right now, Bimmel. Is that okay? Uh, that sounds he like he said it's... that's fine. Okay. <laughs> so he heard about South Korea, is what happened, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually not true. <laughs> Dan, that was the most hated. You became persona non grata in baseball after that interview. People colluded to make sure that you would not get guests. First the Hall of Fame stuff, and now Man Manfred doing that to him. I'm uh, not going to be deposed. That's the way he says deposed. Like, how pissed? That's deposed. As, that's as pissed as you've ever heard a commissioner. Deposed. Silver wanted to do some of that Sunday and mu muzzled himself. Deposed. He approached me after that interview, Dan, because he knows that I had been appeared on your show so many times. That, that's actually and he had a not very true. simple. He had a very simple question, which is, why do you talk to that MFR? Wow. I'm not going to be deposed. What did you say? I said, because it's great content and I love it and him. Deposed. Do you understand? how hard it is with a single word to show how condescending and arrogant you are about not, not wanting to be questioned. Deposed. And I try a lot. <laughs> it's so good. I'm not going to be deposed. Do you realize it's just Greg Cody and a lawyer saying, I'm not going to take a quiz. I'm not going to be deposed. <laughs> so <gonna> true. <laughs> I'm not going to be deposed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.